this is a great time. If there's anything you can do that's of no charge or of special to your customer to help them through this challenging time, is going to pay off for you later. This is the time we prove our values to a customer by trying to help them, not just to sell them. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we have Jim Pancero on on the show here, and what we're going to be talking about is the coronavirus and how your sales team can stay successful in these changing times, how, to, how it can survive and thrive in a virus-impacted world. The reason I've invited Jim Pancero on today is because he's got some expertise in this area um, and has a consulting practice around disruption. It, he's actually been through about five market disruptions throughout his career, and he's developed a fair amount of expertise around specifically how sales teams can deal with disruptions. Um, Jim's also a, a sales speaker who's guided sales professionals in more than 80 different industries. Jim works with, a, Jim works with sales teams in general to increase their personal powerhouse selling advantage. Welcome to the show, Jim. Honored to be here. So, uh, you know, obviously we're dealing with a, a very fluid situation and companies um, and sales teams are being affected, uh, you know, in a, in a big way right now. So, you know, I, I guess first off, I'd love to get your, your take on, on how you think sales teams are going to be affected by the virus and affected by uh, how their companies and sales, sales are going to be affected. I, yes. And I think we can look at this from a couple perspectives. From the one perspective, this is uncharted territory. We've never been through this before. Uh, it, what the last pandemic that really had a major impact in the world was like in the night, uh, 100 years ago. So we have no actual experiences in what we're facing right now. So we don't even have any idea how long it's gonna last. Now, that said, if we take the uniqueness of the cause of what's happening out of it, the fact that we've had a major disruption of business outside our control that has just ground us to a halt has happened several times before. Uh, I started my, uh, I've been, in fact, I just celebrated my anniversary of 50 years as a full-time salesperson last September wow. uh, that I've had some job and this is officially old that I've had some <laughs> job in, in, in selling. And I have been a full-time sales trainer and a consultant for 39 years. So, and, and I know a lot of your listeners are going, before I was born. <laughs> I started my business in 82 when the recession was starting. And I was right in the middle of a recession when I started my business, but I didn't realize, I just thought my business sucked. I didn't realize everybody's did. <laughs> but if we look at 9-11, we have a very parallel situation. No control, a complete surprise. Things turned in a matter of a week that all of a sudden we were in crisis business situation when everything was running fine before. So if we take the cause of what the business disruption is that we have happening right now and only look at what is the impact and what do we do about it, there are some lessons from 9-11, from the 2008 banking crash. All these other things have, have contributed. Now, I think one of the things that's critical about this is that there's several phases that any business leader or salesperson needs to go through. 
we're right in the middle of this first phase right now, which is just crisis stabilization. Frankly, the last week, I didn't spend a lot of time. I didn't talk to a lot of my customers. I only talked to the key ones because I knew they didn't want to talk to anybody because they were too busy trying to stabilize their world. But now that, okay, we have a breath. Now what do we do? Now we can actively be talking and doing things that can help us put us in a position. One of the ways I describe what's really happening, it's like we're a NASCAR race and we're a NASCAR, we're our, car, our business is a car NASCAR race. And we just had them halt the race for 12 hours because of rain. Now we've got 12 hours to work on our car. What could, while nobody else can race, what can we do in those 12 hours that when the race restarts puts us in a better position? It isn't just how we handle the situation now, but it's how do we use this to better position and improve our case so that when business does restart, which is going to do, we just don't know when, but it is going to restart. What do we do with the restart to actually increase our competitive edge? That's to me the bottom line of what's happening. Whether you're a salesperson, whether you are a sales manager or the owner of a company, this is the challenge right now. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I just, uh, well, two days ago, um, got off a call with a, with a VP of sales who um, had been looking at, uh, at, at getting Badger Maps for his team. And his whole team's at home right now. And he's like, we want to roll this out right away because that now's, now's the time when I can do all the trainings and we can get people set up and they can actually take the time to to figure out their routes once they get back in the field, like what are they, what are they going to be doing? How, and, and he wanted to leverage this time to kind of bring a new technology into his team and, uh, and take advantage of that. Um, which, which uh, I, I didn't, I hadn't realized. And I was, I, you know, I, obviously I wasn't close to the, close to the interaction um, until, but I, I like to talk to the, the leadership of the team after they're coming on board. You know, some of our sales team have been managing everything, but I, I hadn't realized that, that was kind of the perspective that he was coming from. Like, cause it kind of came from my perspective. It was kind of like a, I, I usually like to know about the deals that are coming down the pipes for us. And, and it was one I was, I like hadn't heard of. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess that had, that just happened. I must not have been paying attention, but he just, he hit the gas because he kind of had his guys twiddling their thumbs at home. And so he took the, he, I, I guess that's a, a good thing for think, people to think about is, are there new things? Are there are there trainings you've been waiting to give your sales team? Are there are there new pieces of technology that you wanted to wanted to do? Is it it's a great time to retool your CRM and, and get some processes in place and get your operations team to get in in, in sync with your uh, with your sales team? Well, also we we've got a it's a polarized market at the moment. There are really two business situations that I am sure your listeners one of the two they're facing. The one where the majority is, this is shut down. Customers don't want to talk to us right now. Yeah. Business has stalled. Mm -hmm. But there is this whole other group, because most of my work is in distribution and equipment sales. Mm -hmm. And if you're in distribution now of critical items like food, uh, janitorial cleaning supplies, uh, you are overworked because you're in crisis just because everybody's demanding it. Look what happened with toilet paper. The problem was the system of distribution of toilet paper was so efficient, there was only about three months worth of excess inventory in the pipeline because it was a very predictable demand of volume that never really changed. So they could predict it. So now all of a sudden, because everybody's putting this stuff in their closet because they're hoarding, um, you know, the system is having a hard time catching up. But if you were manufacturing cleaning supplies or toilet paper, you're trying to run as many shifts as you can get workers for to get the job done.
so that we have to, some businesses are really constrained at the moment, some are actually accelerated, but we're all having to deal with this virus protected world of how do we sell when customers really don't want to show on us up on site. They're overworked trying to stabilize their crises. They're, they're losing their employees. My, uh, my, my son and daughter-in-law have two young boys. They're like six and eight. And they both are executives and businesses in New York City. So now they've got in a, in a smaller house because it's New York, they've got two young kids and two business executives that are trying to get some work done. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just everything's upside down. There are some things, I believe, though, that we can do proactive about it. We don't just have to reactively sit back and say, God, this sucks. When's it going to be over? Uh, one of my most popular topics for the last couple of years within associations that I present to is we need arsonists, not firefighters. I, I think that title is very relevant here. So for your listeners, whether they're a manager or a salesperson, how do we initiate ourselves out of this problem? How do we sell our way out of this? We just don't cut back and, and just kind of go on internal mode. I've been amazed watching on the different talks, you know, social media platforms of Facebook, especially among my peers, how many are talking about how many Netflix movies they're watching and how much time they have and all this stuff. And I'm wondering what world are they coming from? I've spent about 60 to 80 hours this last week because as soon as all of my business stopped, because in training, nobody wants to meet right now, even though the revenue stopped, how do I still maintain my presence, my market share, and how do I best position myself for the future? So for me, I have been working on all this stuff to try to put me in a better position. I think one of the first suggestions that has to be dealt with, though we need to talk about the emotions of employees and stuff, one of the first things we have to talk about is how to get everybody to work harder. Our business is like a bicycle. And frankly, with the economy as strong as it's been the last several years, we've been on a slight downhill. So we've been getting some pretty good speed, even though we've been pumping normal. We have now hit the mountains and we're now going uphill. What do we do? Well, it's pretty consistent that if all of a sudden we've got a tougher terrain, if we want to maintain the same speed, the first and only alternative to begin with is we got to pump harder. So one of the things we have to do, and this is one of the things for managers because of the attitude of people, is we have to help our people increase their effectiveness in this challenging times. One of the things I watch happen every time there's a recession or a depression or disruption, whatever you want to call what's happening now, like it's happened before, is I watch four things happen with salespeople immediately. The one thing that immediately happens is they start doing less work. They stop making as they don't make as many sales calls because nobody's buying, uh, and they you know they they stop connecting with customers as frequently or with as much effort. They just slow down because hey, it's a tough time. Nobody's doing anything. The second thing I watch happen is the reps that do work on stuff tend to work on smaller accounts because they're afraid to take on the bigger, more projects. So even the stuff they're going after to sell becomes smaller. The third problem is they become negative. I'm amazed how many salespeople are telling their customers, nobody's buying anything. And all that's doing is training your customers, this isn't a good time to buy because even my sales rep is saying nobody's buying anything. Now, it might not be that this is the right time today to buy something, but they're gonna buy something coming up. So how do we talk future focus? 
to keep the language. But one of the things we don't do is we don't share all of our pain with our customers mm -hmm. to remind them that they better not be doing anything. And then the fourth and final problem is I watch sales reps go into this reactive mode. They're waiting for customers to call and say they need help instead of proactively reaching out. So if you look, most companies, the recession or the slowdown or the business disruption becomes a double whammy because it's not only the disruption of the crisis we're facing, but it's the reaction of salespeople to slow down and back off because there's a crisis, which doubles the slowdown of our business because of how they're emotionally reacting. So you mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned it's a great time to, as a rep, try to increase your effectiveness and efficiency. What, what recommendations do you have there? I think three areas. The first is your attitude. Um, this is depressing. This takes people down. There's depression happening. And so one of the things we have to do is one of the reasons to stay busy is you can't be depressed and busy at the same time. So one of the ways to be able to sell your way through this is to make sure that we get everybody active and to get working. Tough times just require tougher actions. So the first thing is to make sure and deal with your people on saying it's not your fault. You didn't cause this but you can have the solutions to impact yourself out of this and to talk about the companies behind you. And we're going to work through this and do the best we can to come out on the other end in the best, strongest position we can be. I think these are the kind of things. So as managers, one of the most critical things you do is increase your communications. I'm impressed. My daughter is a manager of inside sales reps. So now everybody's working from their home. So she has three zoom calls a day with her team first thing in the morning before they start making their calls. Then also at lunchtime, they have a motivational time break, they call it. And then at the end of the day to review and talk about what's going on, because she's found the more touches she has with these people working out of their house, the higher their productivity is going to be within what's happening. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. We, we, we just implemented uh, at Badger coffee breaks with, with, uh, with the teams. Like, you know, well, we're scheduling and obviously not everyone can make it because they might have a, uh, a meeting or, you know, well, well, some different roles have different levels of flexibility. Eng engineers can, can put their pencils down and, and join a Zoom and, and just call it a, a coffee break, whereas the salespeople sometimes, you know, they, they're more likely to be, you know, have a scheduled call, but we're trying to just get teams to take a break, talk about how things are going, do a quick stand-up, you know, meeting where they can, they can talk and just motivate each other for 10, 15 minutes. And one of the things that will help with motivation, because remember, there, there's a couple of rules of, that just is universal. There's four rules. The first rule of motivation is you can't motivate anybody to do anything. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. and the reason it's impossible is because of rule number two. People are already really highly motivated. Zig Ziglar used to talk about, I can show you a bunch of unmotivated people. It's called a cemetery. <laughs> uh, that, the, the third problem, though, is people are motivated for their reasons, not for yours. Their bias, not yours. Their background, their culture, their heritage, their religious, their values, all these other things. They're motivated for their reasons, not for yours. So the standard rule of motivation, the fourth rule, because you can't motivate anybody to do anything because everybody's already highly motivated, but they're motivated for their reasons, not for yours. What it really comes down to is the rule number four is all you can do is create an environment for people to motivate themselves. So as a manager, we look at even though everybody's remote, how do we still create an environment for people to be motivated? So we talk about what successes we're having. We talk about what challenges people are having to make sure they know it's okay. It's not just you. 
Because as soon as the downturn of a market, everybody takes it personally. Boy, I must really not be very good at this. Mm -hmm. Instead of realizing we got a disruption in the economy. It's having this communication. This is, you've got major resources available to you. Most people aren't even thinking of. If you, if you go onto YouTube and just type in motivational speeches, you'll spend the next several days watching clips. I've got 500 videos on selling and on sales leadership on, on YouTube under my name. Um, I will give you other sources of this stuff. Motivational speeches, Zig Ziglar, these kind of people, the people you've heard, Brian Tracy, they have stuff out there. It's all under a couple minutes. You can send out a motivational video, show it to your team, and then just leave them on a simple discussion of what you think of the video. How relevant is it to what we're doing here? What are you going to try different for the rest of the day based on what we talked about? And you could start picking off these motivational videos that are free and available on the internet to help your people create an environment where they motivate themselves. See, we've got these problems of people slowing down and everything else. So what do managers need to do is we need to build a positive affirming environment that, uh, that leads them through this process. There's a lot of great resources that have come out of the military on this. How do you lead troops through life crisis situations is a pretty standard military thing. And one of the things I've watched in the military is the tougher the situation gets, the more specific and the more details the orders become from the leaders. So they don't say to the workers, boy, no, nobody's buying anything right now and the marketplace really sucks. Go out and figure out what to do about it because they know most won't. You'll see leaders today are saying, everybody, we want you to make 20 phone calls this morning and reach out to your 20 best customers and leave this message. At lunchtime, we'll talk further. And we're seeing the most improvement in the most environments created to motivate people and production from people. Frankly, when we give them more detailed instructions, because in a, in a, in a firefight, you don't have a debate. Somebody gives an order that everybody follows. And that's mm -hmm. frankly, at least for the time being, that's where we are as leaders. Now it's part of that. There's another piece to it. And that is you have to remain positive. Um, it, it, you can't go on and talk about how bad things because all that does is just add to the depression of everybody else going, boy, you're right. It really does suck. Uh, what we have to do is talk positives. Um, one of the things I ask businesses when we have these conversations right in the middle of these kind of crises, it starts off with one simple question. Is your business going to survive this disruption? Now, um, I apologize and unhappy to say there's a lot of businesses. The answer is going to be no. And they're just in survival mode of this. Let's try to minimize the crash landing that's about to happen. But most of the businesses I talk to, when I ask that question, they have enough reserves to stay but stability. But let's say, is your business going to survive this? They go, oh, yeah. I said, okay, so then why don't we start talking about that? Not like the world's going to end. But okay, how do we take advantage of this disruption? Because our business is going to survive. And then start talking. It's staying positive and it's staying future focused. If I called you as a customer today and I said, hey, how are you doing? Interested in sales training? I am positive you're gonna say, there's no way we're doing anything right now. I have no budget. We have frozen everything. But I'll say, okay, what are you doing to plan for when things do turn around? What are you, what are you gonna to do to be first out when things do improve? And to start that language of when's the next step? How do we take it further than that? so that you still can talk to them about it and say, so when it does improve, how do we get a more efficient 
connection? How do we do a better job supporting you? How do you do a more competitive job selling what you're selling? And what can we do to take this time to regroup and to gain an edge? Yeah, I think the first question is, how is this going to affect me? Because different, different companies are really affected in different ways. Some companies, this will, you know, they'll end up selling more stuff because it creates opportunities. And, and other companies will be the opposite. And, we, and we've seen that across our, our customer base. You know, obviously, we, we serve a variety of different industries. And, you know, it's like the, uh, a, a company that's selling beer to bars, mostly in, in California. Obviously, every, every bar is closed now. And so they, they're going to have a tough time. Well, yeah, I mean, they just pause their subscription to Badger because they, their reps are not in the field. Now, I know they're going to bounce back as soon as people are able to go to bars again because, you know, there's, there's going to be a very sudden stop to their business and then a very sudden start. And so their, their business will make, will make it through. They're just pressing the pause button. Um, you know, their, their employees were 1099, so they can, it's, you know, they, they, make what they what they sell and so it's just you know, the, the cost of the business basically dropped to zero they're not making any more beer the fact you know the, they were they're really able to just press pause and everything and they're going to be able to press play other you know whereas other companies this this enhances their situation we have a company that uh is just bought a bunch more for it from us because they they're they, they they couldn't be better positioned honestly they 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 sell cleaning supplies and chemicals to to uh, businesses and places that that and, and going forward that and they they help them comply with regulations around cleanliness um and going forward there's going to probably going to be a bunch of you know regulations around cleanliness and everyone's what you know everyone's using 10 times as much of the chemicals that they make because you know that we're just washing everything a lot more so they're you know those guys are killing it whereas you know the beer guys are pressed pause and there's i'm, I'm sure there's some businesses that will won't be able to you know, won't be able to cope at all with this and, and this will, will damage them beyond repair and, and other businesses, it, you know, it, it uh, you know, will, will cause a small decline or basically nothing. Um, so I, I guess that's the first question is how is this going to affect us? And then what strategies can we take given what our situation is going to be? And let's talk first about managers. First, first suggestion for managers is increase your communications. Mm -hmm. You want to be reaching out to your people more. You want to be reaching out to customers more. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not a time to sell. The best question, I think, to ask uh, is the one that I was just discussing this with a friend of mine who's also a, a trainer, sales trainer and professional speaker, a, name, a gentleman named Al Walker out of Columbia, South Carolina. And he said, you know, I haven't changed my selling strategy. My selling strategy has always been to call my customers and just say, how are you doing? How can I help? What is, how is this impacting you? What are you doing about it? And he said, it's amazing how many people will talk to me when I ask those questions about their pain. But if I call up and say, hey, you interested in buying something? They're going to say, hell no. So I think the first thing is to increase your communications. The second is to make sure that the communications are positive, uh, looking forward to when things turn around and what we're going to do about it, how we're going to sell our way out of this kind of language. I think the third thing is to keep the conversation on the future. So if a customer says nothing's happening now, we can say, that's okay. Let's talk about when it is going to start up. What are you going to do? Or how can, when we start it up again, how can we be more efficient for you? How can we make ordering easier for you? What can we do now to prepare and organize 
So when things do start, we'll be in a better position. And I think the final point for a manager is to be reaching out and touching customers. This is a time for managers to call and say, we just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. I think there is a fifth thing that will be of tremendous help. And it's basically, frankly, what I'm doing my business. I go on the assumption if nobody's buying, if nobody's paying for anything right now, I need to be offering what I'm doing for free, if anything, just to maintain market share, visibility, impact. So, of course, nobody wants to do training at this week at the moment. Nobody's going to, there's no revenue flowing in my business because of that or in the training industry. So, uh, to every one of my customers that I have been working with, I've just called them up the last couple of days and offered them a free, sem- uh, a free webinar. Because first of all, most of them haven't used that technology before, so I want to give them a sample of it to show them that it is effective for their business. But it's the only way I know that I could provide value because I had one customer say, I have no budget for that. And I'll say, that's why it's free. You don't have to get approvals for anybody. You can just take advantage of it. With the idea of having some kind of presence of my customer. I remember one of the things that was most impressive to me during 9-11 was Hertz rental car. When 9-11 hit, when they all the when the buildings collapsed, I was out of town. I had a rental car. So first thing I did was I called up Hertz to, the, to say, hey, what, what do I do? And I'm trying to figure out how to get home. I'm, I was going to have to drive the rental car and what's this going to cost me and stuff. And I never talked to anybody because as soon as I called Hertz, I got a voice. I got a recording. And the recording said this is a national catastrophe that we are all trying to recover from. And they said, if you are calling because you are trying to extend the rental on your car or to tell us that instead of dropping it where you rented it, you have to drive it home, just do it. We support you. All contracts are immediately extended until you return the call. Car, there'll be no drop charges if you return the car to another city. We just want you to get home and we want you to be safe. You're important to us. I heard people talking about that 10 years later for what they did just because they were so moved and impressed with how Hertz, instead of being the big corporate giant, was reaching out and was helping people. So one of the things I would offer, this is a great time, if there's anything you can do that's of no charge or of special to your customer to help them through this challenging time, is going to pay off for you later. This is the time we prove our values to a customer by trying to help them, not just to sell them. I don't mean that to be this woo-woo kind of motivational stuff, but that's the reality. They're going to remember who helped them and who helped them move through these times and what was happening and what's happening. This is where leadership comes in. And I think we're proactive leadership is so critical right now because people, companies that are decisive are going to be the most impressive to the customers you're trying to help. Yeah. You know, it's, it's key right now to, look at what it is that you do as a company or as an organization and uh, or even as your team within it and ask, is there some value that we can provide to the world? Maybe we have the cycles right now to, to, to spend time creating value and, and maybe there is something that the world needs that we know how to do that we could give the world. Um, you know, it, it, it I had a, uh, 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 someone on our sales teams right out of college, um, he, he pinged me yesterday and he was like, Hey, there's this, um, food, del- there's this group that's delivering, uh, meals to people who are, who, you know, are 
comprom- relatively in a compromised situation. You know, they're they're old, they're sick, they're they, they, but they had an organization that delivers meals, and they're really needing to scale their operations right now because a lot of people who normally would be able to go to the grocery store can't go because they're at risk, and they so they're basically like a meal on meals on wheels type organization. Um, and and he was like, hey. These guys are they don't have any money, but they they need our software. Can we just give it to them? And and so we're you know they're we're just letting them use use the software because we 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 normally help sales teams, but obviously there are, you know this is a, a strange situation where our software is useful in this other in this other area. But I think that's something a lot of people can can do as as companies and organizations like Hertz did, right? Like the, the all the flights were canceled after nine eleven, so you know people a lot of people probably need to get home how can we you know they they had a bunch of cars so they let people use it so it's it's kind of yeah and nobody was going to be renting new cars at that time exactly so you know kind of turn and look look at your organization and ask yourself you know are there things that we can do that um that are helpful um is there is there a play we can run like should we should probably be and we're not doing this yet but we should probably be reaching out to the meal I mean, there's probably a meals on wheels type organization in every u.s city and we should probably be reaching out to them proactively because they're business just like these guys they're you know what they're being asked to do probably is multiplied by 10x so um you know it's it's uh and, and we we arguably have the cycles right now to do that just reach out to them and figure out who they are and and uh and offer our assistance so and i guess also it's a, it's a cool attitude if, if companies can do that, can turn internally and be like, what, what value can we offer the world right now? Also, to, uh, to keep in mind as your business, one of the ways to improve the emotional balance of both your customers and your sales reps and your team is to do something that looks proactive and productive in this slowdown time. So at least we're getting something out of this kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. So this is a great time to do a little bit of training with your team remotely. This is a great time to be offering some customer training of helping them through these situations. Just taking positive advantage of what has happened is a pause in the business to show that this is a positive. We're going to sell our way out of this. This is a, a tremendous time. The reality when business does start up, it's still going to be tougher because the competitors are going to be more aggressive. One of the single biggest problems I watch in businesses today is businesses don't tend to have a clear definition of why, based on all the competitive options to fiddle me as a buyer, I would want to buy from them versus somebody else. If you're listening to this, ask your sales reps, okay, so why based on all the competitive options available to me, do I want to buy from you? And what you're going to hear is if you ask five different salespeople in the same company, you'll hear five completely different answers. And the answers tend to be really weak. Most salespeople are only saying four things. Why based on all the competitive options do I want to buy from you? Because of my high quality product, strong level of support, competitive price, and you get me. That's the standard answer most salespeople are saying. So the customers go, I'm hearing that from everybody, so they buy on price. They don't hear any differentiation. This is a management problem because management hasn't taught the sales reps what the answer should be, so everybody went out and invented their own. Mm-hmm. This is a great time to make sure we have all the sales tools in place. What's our message of uniqueness? What are the steps of our new business process when things start up we're going to take our customers through? It's putting more skills, structures, and tools in place so that when the marketplace does return, you're even stronger. Mm-hmm. 
what what other things can we do to uh, to put our put our companies in a position to be set up to really succeed when things turn around? Well, I think that the first thing is to start getting everybody talking to make sure their work efforts are up. The second thing is to start looking to say, what is a good startup plan for your type of business? Because it's going to be different for the different businesses that we deal with. Either what the cycle time is from when they say we're getting back and we want to order something to the time it's delivered or whatever is whatever your business cycles are. But it's looking at how do we make sure that we can make this as easy as possible for a customer startup when they come back. I think a third thing you can do is to make sure we start clarifying what is our uniqueness that we're going to communicate as well as what are the steps we're going to follow to move somebody through buying. It's amazing. It's, it's, <laughs> we're going to go with advanced graphics here. <laughs> Let me show you. If It's very simple that if we lay out this process, this is a great question to ask your sales reps and say, okay, if we look at our selling process, I paid a lot for these graphics, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if we look at the selling process from the time you identify an opportunity to the time you close on the sale, what are the steps of your process? Mm -hmm. Now, it's amazing. That's a very simple question. I ask companies all over industries, very few answers. See, the problem is most in under good times, most sales reps are like the Hilari bird. Ever hear of the Hilari bird? Nope. The three-foot bird lives in four-foot grass, spent its whole life saying, where the hell are we? <laughs> it was on the Discovery Channel. But it's this most sales reps, only thing. when we've had, you can ask a sales rep to say, who's your best account? Well, the Johnson account. Okay, great. What are you going to do in your next call? Most salespeople give a great answer. If I turn the page and say, okay, what are you doing in your second call? Most people start, the only thing they say is, it depends. I ask salespeople, what's your process? What do you do? You've been selling for this company for five years. What do you do from the time you identify a new opportunity to the time you close on the sale? Standard answer here for everybody is it depends. Depends on the customer, depends on the situation, depends on the competitor, depends, depends, depends. Uh, does it bother anybody else? That's also the name of a diaper. It's, it's this idea that, and so they're only thinking one move ahead. So one of the ways we can gain a competitive advantage, very simple, is we need to have a stronger messaging explanation of who we are and why we're different. Because when the marketplace comes back, there's going to be a lot of people that are so desperate, they're going to be slashing prices. So you're not going to be the cheapest price, guaranteed, when business comes back, because there's going to be some people giving this stuff away. So now how do we make sure our message communicates that even though we're not the lowest price, let us prove to you we're the lowest total cost. And to have that kind of selling message, that's what works in the cleaning industry and the janitorial sanitary supply. I've done a lot of work in that industry. I presented to their annual convention 26 of the last 29 years and watching that industry it's very impressive what's done because they don't really have product differentiation that industry was the first industry that lost exclusivity by brand so it used to be if you wanted georgia pacific paper towels i was the only one in this city that you could come to because i had the exclusive distribution that industry changed about 20 years ago and everybody lost exclusivity so you're not going to buy from me because of the brand of my product because you can get it any place. Now I got to show you why I have more value. And so it's really pushed the janitorial industry before all this stuff happened into having more advanced selling skills just because they couldn't sell the differentiation of their products anymore. So if we look at this process, the first thing is what can you do to make sure we can strengthen our messaging 
of what value and what uniqueness of why people want to buy from us. The second thing we can do is better define our sales tools and our plans of how we're going to get there, roadmaps of what's our processes we're going to follow. Because the problem is most salespeople have no structure and they have no process. They're making every call up as they go. So the problem is if we have a win or a loss, we don't learn anything from that win or loss because our team didn't follow a specific plan. So whether we won or lost it at the end, we can't do anything with it because we didn't do it on purpose. So we can't improve our process for the next time. But if we have any identified steps, we followed those steps or processes. Now, even if we have a loss, the loss has value because we learned how to improve our structure. So this first thing I would be doing is just reaching out to customers and trying to get any kind of dialogue started. But then, and to push the efforts of doing that more frequently and, the, and communicating what we're doing, but then trying to find something that's of value to help her to give them away or even suggesting ideas of how to get started up. I think these are the key things. And the other is to keep increasing the dialogue you have with your people because the more they talk and the more they see that everybody else is in the same situation, the more productive they're likely to be. Great advice. Absolutely fantastic. Um, well, is there any, are there any other pieces of advice that come to mind for you that we should discuss on how people should deal with this uh, situation to be successful? Um, or I guess, it, or if not, I will try to try my best to summarize what we've done today. I think there is one thing I would like to offer. It's free. There's no commitment on your part. It's one of the free resources I mentioned of me trying to make something an offer of help to you. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, I post, I post 200 videos a year on all the social medias. I tell people my marketing strategy is every day I go to downtown Dallas where I live at 9 a.m., stand on the corner of Facebook and LinkedIn, hold a sales Bible over my head and start screaming until somebody <laughs> stops and gives me money. There you now, go. That, now that's been my market. And by the way, it's been working, but that's been my marketing strategy the last year or so. So one of the things that I offer as a solution to your listeners, free with no commitment, they don't have to sign up or register. They can just go to this webpage and the webpage is pancero.com, A-N-C-E-R-O, pancero.com forward slash virus. And if you go there right now, there are three videos on there, each under five minutes, one video for sales managers offering, this is how you can lead your people through this. One video is for sales reps on how do we deal with our attitudes through this. And a third video is for sales reps on what are some selling ideas we can apply. All the videos are under five minutes. It is a resource. If you go to pancero.com forward slash virus, you can access those videos. Send the link or that site out to your sales reps and say, I want you to watch this video before our noon sales meeting. Then when you show the video, all you have to do is ask some questions. What do you think of the video? How relevant is it to what we're doing here? What are you going to do different about it based on what we talked about? Then when you talk to them later on, you say, so have you tried it? How did it work? And if you do that, you've got a training process, even when your team's remote, using videos. I've got four or 500 videos on YouTube, all on sales ideas of normal selling stuff that you can be using those videos for. It's a great time to be pulling videos up of the motivational people that have impacted you, uh, of, of just to get people something positive, to give them energized, and to try to keep the energy and to try to keep the positives going. Absolutely. The thing I would offer is whether you're a sales rep or you're a sales manager, this is a time for action. 
this is not the time to sell. This is the time to help. This is the time to be a resource. This is the time to listen. And the final thing through all of this I would offer is remember what we have seen in just all sorts of crises environments. The people that stay the calmest in the middle of the crisis tend to be the ones that are viewed as the most professional. Calmness, insight, vision, direction with a positive attitude, talking future focused is the way you come across looking like a hero to help people that really need your help right now. Fantastic advice, Jim. Well, I'm going to attempt to summarize some of the main points that, uh, that we've come across today. So first of all, there are several phases any business leader will need to go through. The, the first phase is crisis stabilization, stabilizing our own business environment. Next, we can actually talk to others and do things to move forward in the business. It's a, it's a really polarized market right now. Some businesses are totally shut down. Other businesses are completely overworked because there's a higher demand for those industries, goods like food, uh, food delivery or toilet paper or cleaning supplies or, or, or things in the, uh, in the healthcare space. Salespeople and business leaders need to think, how do we, how do we take initiative ourselves to get out of this problem, to get, to get ahead of it and, and think about how you can, how you can make changes to actually come out stronger and better on the other side, given your particular business situation. Salespeople need to keep focus on the future and make sure not to share their pain with their customers. You know, it's not good to say nobody's buying right now because that makes people think nobody should buy right now. Tough times require tougher actions to stay positive. Another key point, managers need to increase communication with reps to keep everyone engaged, everyone active, and keep morale high. Salespeople and managers should, should take advantage of all the, the sales and the motivational videos out there on the internet so that, they can, uh, so that they can learn and stay motivated right now. It's a great time to, to double down and make investments in, in, in yourself and in learning. Always remember to talk about the positives. How can we take advantage of this disruption? Increase communications with your customers and see how they're doing um, and, and do it in a positive way. Ask what you can do to support your customers during this time. If you can't communicate with customers now, ask what you can do to prepare for when you're gonna sell again. Offer freebies if you can uh, with, with the idea of keeping market share and awareness up about your business product or service. This is a time that we can prove value to your customers by helping them. It's, it's a really unique situation. Major steps to work through these changes are uh, start getting everyone talking and make sure they're working towards the future. Keep communication with customers open and provide value in as many ways that you can right now. Get creative. Make sure it's as easy and as possible for customers to start again with your product when they are able to bounce back online. Um, make sure that that transitional process uh, is smooth. 
Think about how your sales process is going to change once everyone is back and have steps, have your sales reps try to think two steps ahead and not just about the next step. Yeah. Get, get the vision uh, further down the pipeline. Have a stronger message of who we are and why we do it. Crazy times right now and, uh, and you know, risk and opportunity are, uh, are, are, are definitely right in our faces at this point. Jim, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show. Where, where can uh, listeners read more about your work and reach out to you other than, I know you, you mentioned uh, pancero.com forward slash virus, but what, what are other ways that people can read about uh, your work? I think it's great. By the way, one final idea that you just triggered, I think is really important. And that is the way we're communicating here. Uh, ranging Zoom meetings with your customers. This is the time we need to get digitally competent to be able to hold these kind of remote communications and have images that project to professionalism what we're doing. I've got three different lights on me here to make this look like a natural lighting. You can't just set up your laptop and talk to somebody because this is now your brand is being presented, but this vehicle of doing conversations like this with your customers and with your people using Zoom so they can see the energy is really positive. How to get in touch with me. My website is pancero.com, P-A-N-C-E-R-O. If you go to my pancero.com website, you can subscribe to a weekly free newsletter I have which summarizes the four video clips I've posted for the week. Because of this crisis going on, if you go to the special pages I've created, pancero.com forward slash virus, I will keep posting videos that are very virus specific of what you can do to sell and manage your way out of this challenge until things turn around. So it's going to be a page I'll keep adding videos to. I encourage you to check back with it. You also might want to connect with me on LinkedIn because of the videos and just would love to have a conversation with you. The thing that I would also offer about this is you might want to check out a friend of mine's videos on YouTube, W. Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. He's a motivational speaker. And his message has had such an impact on me. And I, I end my conversation with you with his quote. And that is the thing that's most critical we have to remember. It's not what happens to you here. It's what you do about it. And so I think this is a time for action. It's going to be a tough market, but we can still improve our position and sell our way out of this to the best of our abilities by taking action now. Fantastic. Um, well, this has been a unique episode of Outside Sales Talk for Unique Times. Um, if anyone can think of uh, sales leaders or salespeople that would benefit from, uh, from the advice and wisdom Jim has given us today, feel free to share the podcast with them. Um, take care until next time, everybody, and stay safe out there. Wash your hands. And wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Social distancing. All right, guys, have a great one.